Hello and welcome to Hari Cuts. I'm Hari Stephen Kumar and this is The Long View, week six. Yes, today is Monday, September 21st, and it's exactly six weeks to go till the election of our lifetimes. And it has been a heavy week with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And so in this episode, I'm actually going to get a little pushy. I'm going to ask you, yes, you listening to this episode right now, what are you doing to get involved in this election? If you're listening to this particular episode, you, chances are you're probably a friend or a family member of Ben. He is my guest in this episode. I'll be interviewing him a little bit later on. He's an everyday guy just like me. He's got a full-time job and he is volunteering his heart out to get involved in this election as the leader of the Wisconsin subgroup of Swing Left Greater Boston. And so if you're listening to this and you know Ben, reach out to him, thank him for getting involved, but I'm still going to get pushy with you as well. Are you looking to get involved in this election? Are you looking for options? Are you looking for ways to, to, uh, that, that can really have an impact, effective uses of your time? Stay tuned. Um, I'm actually going to walk through a few of those options, uh, especially given the emotions and the heaviness of this week. So without further ado, let's get into some ways that you can have an impact in the election of our lifetimes. Oniva. And so if you, like me, on Saturday morning were finding yourself in a spiral of despair, doom-scrolling through news articles that seemed like we were not even given the time to grieve the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, and feeling like the election was suddenly shifting over to in favor of the Republicans and in favor of Trump and feeling like, ah, it doesn't feel like anything we do can actually stop that from happening. It feels like Republicans have the upper hand in this. And then this article caught my eye as I was scrolling through. It was an article in the Washington Post written by Colbert King, an opinion writer. And it was actually posted to the Wash online a few hours before the news broke of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing away. And the article made this very clear point. Let's not waste our time trying to change the minds of Trump voters or hardcore Republicans. Let's instead focus on getting out and voting and making sure that everybody that wants to vote Trump out, making sure that they can vote. The article said, don't assume that all these folks on social media, all your friends, all your neighbors, all your relatives that are all, you know, uh, you know, eager to vote Trump out. Don't assume that they are registered to vote or that they know how to get their ballot or that they know how to complete their ballot and send it in if they're voting by mail or that they have a plan to go vote in person if that's an option for them. Ask them and if necessary, tell them how to do it. Don't take anything for granted. These are the kinds of things that in pre-COVID times, uh, you would see people outside supermarkets or, you know, going door to door, canvassing, getting people to register, getting people to uh, sign up to, to go vote in person and things like that. With COVID, the article made the point that even though it's unsafe to do those kinds of door to door kinds of things, the virus can't stop phone banking direct mail, postcarding, 
text banking, using text messages to reach voters directly, any number of other ways that we can actually get involved and focus on voters who need to be mobilized to actually vote. And when I read that, I had this feeling of this is the turning point moment in this story, or a key turning point moment in this story. This is the moment in the story where you and I and all of us get to actually meet each other and become supporting characters in moving the plot of the story. This is the moment in the story when we get galvanized to action. This is the call to adventure. This is the call to doing something actionable in the face of, and especially because of, what seem like overwhelming odds. We have to get involved, and this article gave me a way to think about phone banking as one of the most impactful things that you could be doing with your time today, right now. And that's where I'm going to make this direct ask of you. For those of you thinking about ways to get involved in direct voter-to-voter contact, the key ways to do that is to focus on swing states, Wisconsin being one of them, and that's the focus we're going to be getting into in this week's episode. But Pennsylvania, Florida, North Carolina, there's a critical Senate race in Maine, um, Arizona, Georgia. These are all states where every vote counts. Every vote, every last vote has to be mobilized and gotten to the polls. One really effective way to do that is through phone banking. Now, for many of you, you might be like me. I was actually a little hesitant to get on the phone and make phone calls. But it turns out over the past few weeks of of being a phone banker and a phone bank trainer, I've learned that there are actually certain types of phone banks that are more effective than others. Some of those are phone banks that are set up to focus on identified Democrats or likely Democratic voters in some of these swing states. And the ask in these phone banking calls are actually much more targeted, much more strategic on making sure that these voters, who by and large are Biden supporters on these calls, making sure that they know how to register to vote, they know how to get their absentee ballot to vote by mail and and encouraging them to vote by mail, getting them to vote early, get them to have their vote count sooner rather than later, and then actually directing them to voter assistance hotlines that are set up in these states by the Democratic Party to help them get their vote. Um, In many cases, in some other phone banks, one of the clear asks is actually targeting people who are likely going to be volunteers for the Democratic Party, people who have volunteered with the Democratic Party before, who need to be asked again this time around if they can be, for example, poll workers. And this is actually one of my favorite types of calls to make because in these kinds of calls, I start the call by saying, hey, my name is Hari. I'm not calling asking for money. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm calling to offer you a position that's actually paid. Would you be interested in working as a poll worker for money on election day? And for people who may not be um, willing to, to spend time in a polling station, because I'm a poll worker and it's kind of crazy to be in a, in a polling station all day on election day, for people who are not, who are not, not quite ready to do that, another ask that we need from, from folks is for them to be poll observers. In these swing states, um, a lot of uh, county boards are actually closing down polling stations, or there are 
any number of voter suppression tactics uh, that are going to be at play. So poll workers are going to be essential to opening up polling stations to make sure people can actually go and vote. And poll observers are going to be really, really critical to making sure that the county Democratic Party uh, field teams get to know of any kind of voter suppression tactics on election day or in the early voting, uh, in-person early voting that happens in the lead up to election day. Those are a few phone banking type sessions that are very, very strategic, very targeted, and the kinds of conversations that you have with people actually make a difference in the election. Now, I mentioned that we are asking people, you know, if they would, uh, if they need help to uh, fill out their mail-in ballot or registering to vote. Um, and if they do need that help, we give them the number for our voter assist assistance hotline. You know what? Those voter assist assistance hotlines, they need volunteers like you to staff them. And this is actually a really cool thing because and on a hotline, it's the opposite of a phone bank. On a phone bank, you're cold calling folks out of the blue and you might be worried that they don't want to talk to you turns out they actually are actually pretty thankful to be called. But you might be worried, you may not want to actually make calls. If you are a volunteer staffing a hotline, a voter assistance hotline, voters call you. And these calls are even more impactful because in these cases, it's a voter who's actually calling for help to fill out their request for an absentee ballot or help registering to vote. Um, as a voter assistance hotline volunteer, you actually get trained by the state Democratic Party of the state that you're volunteering for on all the details that you'll need to give for a, uh, a voter that calls. So that's another way that you can get involved. You can sign up for shifts that fit your time, your schedule, and you can actually make an impact by helping key voters in these swing states take that step and register to vote. On the other hand, I mentioned we, are at, we need people to actually open up polling station, poll workers. In the first round of calls, people say, yes, I want to be a poll worker. And we say to them, great, somebody from the state Democratic Party will reach back to you with information. Mm -hmm. How's that going to happen? That's where you come in. We need volunteers to actually call back folks that actually said yes. I've been actually making these calls, and these are such powerful calls to make. With these calls, I'm calling people who have already answered the phone once to a previous call, and they've already said yes to being a poll worker or being a poll observer or volunteering in some other way. And so when I call them, I am that callback that they have been waiting for. And so they are palpably excited to get my call. They're like, oh, great. Thank you. What do I do? What's the next information I need? And I follow a very simple script. I give them the information. I sign them up for info sessions. And they are excited to be involved, to be asked. That is the big theme of today. It's about getting involved and being asked. And as we're going to learn from, from Ben's story, one of the ways that Ben got involved is that he was simply asked by a key leader at In Swing Left Greater Boston. And so I'm asking you right now, get involved, reach out. Find out information. A website that you can go to, is the, this is the organization that I've been working with. I highly recommend this website, swingleft.org. Go to swingleft.org and find out wherever you're located in the, in the United States, which local air, uh, chapter can get you plugged in right away. Um, if you're already involved, then ask someone. 
get pushy. This is what I pushed myself to do. On Saturday, I began calling and texting friends of mine and co-workers of mine. And I, I usually try to keep a work and politics boundary, but I felt like there were certain folks at work whom I knew probably were looking to get involved, probably want to get involved. Chances are, if you're listening, you might be one of my coworkers or one of my one of my friends that I've gotten pushy with, and I've probably sent you a link to this podcast as this episode as a way of summarizing the spiel that I've been giving to a lot of my friends. And you know what? Maybe you're tired of hearing from me. It doesn't matter. I have to get pushy, and I'm asking you, if you're already involved, you're listening to this, you feel like you're already doing everything you can, get pushy with your friends, with your coworkers. I'd rather experience some awkwardness and lose some face right now than six weeks from now regret it and wonder what would have happened if I had just asked the right people sooner. So, on that note, let's actually get to meet Ben. And let's get to hear the story of somebody who got asked at a critical moment. And then let's see how an everyday person, a 30-something guy living in Boston, working at an insurance company, you know, working long hours during the day, what does his week look like? And how much of an impact is he having on so many folks in, in Wisconsin, but also for so many volunteers who come to the phone banks that he's organizing? Let's dive in and get to meet Ben. So, hey Ben, welcome to Harikats. <laughs> hey Harry, thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's it's good to have you on. Uh, it's been good to um, meet you and get to know you a little bit over the past few weeks or so. Um, but uh, why don't you tell us on the on the podcast um, a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where do you live? What do you do? Sure. Um, uh, my name is Ben. I uh, I live in uh, North Cambridge, Massachusetts, and uh, I um, I grew up in in Wisconsin and lived there uh, for most of my life until I was uh, once, yeah until I was in my mid twenties. About ten years ago, and then I uh, moved to, to Boston for a job, and I've been living here ever since. I uh, I work as uh, an actuary at a life insurance company. Um, I've been doing that ever since college. Oh wow! Yeah. So so you, you're in your mid thirties. You uh, have a regular day job uh, in uh, working at an insurance company, um, and you're living in Boston. Um, and uh, in how I met you was about four weeks ago when I signed up for Swing Left um, and uh, and got plugged into Swing Left's focus on Wisconsin. Um, and I think I think you were leading the first phone bank that I actually joined. Um, and uh, yeah, so 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 I'm curious. I, I you know I get the uh, since you were, were you were you grew up in Wisconsin. I'm assuming that's partly why you got connected to to focus on Wisconsin. Um, how did you get involved with Swing Left? Uh, yeah, I, um, I boy, I'm trying to remember. You know, I, I, um, 
there's this thing called Activist Afternoons here in Cambridge uh, that, that is uh, you know, organized by the uh, kind of one of the leaders of Swing Left Greater Boston, and it's uh, a space where um, any progressive group could could come on a, a Sunday afternoon, and you know they could have a table or a private room to write postcards or make phone calls or just have a strategy meeting or do whatever they needed to do. Uh, uh, and uh, so that started back in, I think, 2018. And uh, I was involved with a, the local Indivisible chapter at that point. And, we, you know, we would come to activist afternoons and, uh, and use their space for, for our, you know, for our events. And so that's how I got to know Susan, who who um, was kind of one of the local leaders of Swing Left Greater Boston. And then uh, my local individual chapter you know, went dormant, uh, you know, maybe like earlier this year at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was I was trying to figure out how to get involved for the 2020 election. And uh, Susan asked me if I wanted to lead up the Wisconsin group within Swing Life Greater Boston. And uh, so I, I volunteered to do that. And uh, so that's how I got involved. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to Steve um, in an earlier episode and, uh, uh, you know, we, we talked about, um, uh, I, I think he was also connected in, in some way with that same um, space, the activist space, uh, with his group. Um, and so he mentioned how, uh, Susan played a critical role in that. <laughs> so it sounds like Susan is, is the catalyst here in some, in some ways. Yeah. She's yeah. definitely a major connector within the Boston progressive community. Oh, very neat. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so what got you, I, I can imagine being part of indivisible probably was also part of like, uh, doing some political activism around about that time. Um, but has that been uh, always a part of, of uh, what you do, or was that relatively new for you to, to get involved in, in politics uh, or in political activism that way? It was definitely new. Uh, you know, like a lot of people, I, w- I was kind of spurred to action by the 2016 election. So that's what motivated me to to seek out my local indivisible chapter in 2017 and and start getting involved in activism. Yeah, you, you have you have an interesting story about indivisible, right? Yeah. So um, yeah. So I actually I think the way I really first got um, like first became aware of indivisible is I went to a a panel discussion at Harvard that was open to the public that was called Leaders of the Resistance. And there were like uh, five different women on this panel who were leading different um, progressive organizations that had sprung up uh, after the 2016 election. And one of them was Leah Greenberg, who's a co-founder of uh, Indivisible. And uh, and then um, I am... uh, I later became friends with um, this couple, uh, and they were, um, they had just moved to Boston from DC, and they uh, had been very close friends with, with Leah Greenberg and her husband Ezra, who are the two co founders of Indivisible. And they'd actually all 
been together at a, an election night watch party in 2016, and uh, um, which is kind of where Indivisible started when you know Leah and Ezra were thinking, okay, you know, what what do we do now? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, and the yeah, one of my two friends uh, actually has been working with Indivisible ever since uh, ever since the start, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Oh man, that brings back memories, right? Of like, I remember that that moment too. You know, watching the election returns come in, and that same that feeling of like, what do we do now? Um, yeah. You know, and so here we are, four years later. Um, and so, what are we doing now, Ben? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, talk me through like, what is a what 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 are your weeks like now? What's a typical week like for you now? Uh, heading into this election? Uh, well, I, you know, I work full-time, so uh, so that takes up most of my weekdays. Um, but uh, I host two phone banks a week, um, Thursday evenings and Sunday afternoons. And uh, in between phone banks, there's a lot of, uh, like a lot of work to do to you know, to, to be in communication with, with various volunteers who have questions or suggestions. Um, so uh, so I, I really enjoy that. I enjoy, um, I mean, I, I really appreciated the, the people who started my local Indivisible chapter who kind of helped um, get me up to speed as an activist. And I, I enjoy doing that for other people. Um, but it, you know, it, it takes up most of my free time, I would say, uh, which I, you know, I love. That's how I want it. But it, it's definitely, uh, it definitely is a, a time commitment. Yeah. So it's it's not just. So I I know the Thursday evening phone bank and the Sunday afternoon phone bank, the one that we just did just before recording this. Um, but uh, uh, wow. So that 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 means that even on say like a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, you know, you work during the day and you're working from home. And so it's working during the daytime hours. And then like your time afterward on a Monday evening is your emails and following up with the volunteers who showed up. And if they have questions, they're, they're emailing you and you're emailing yeah. back with them. Yeah, exactly. Oof. How long does that take you? I, you know, it, it it depends, um, but uh, I guess more and more, um, it it's been taking more and more time as our phone banks have been growing as we get closer to the election, and um, there, there's just more um, individual volunteers to to follow up with and kind of attend to. Yeah, give me a rough sense, like how many people are we talking about uh, that are that have now become sales regulars in your in the Thursday phone banks and the Sunday phone banks? Gosh, I feel like we probably have um, maybe 25 or 30 regulars and and then a number of new people at every phone bank as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're seeing more come in um, uh, due to recent events, let's say. Uh, you know. um, and... Um, so that's that's one way in which it's almost like this 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 group of you know 25 30 40 people that are uh, that that are this sort of virtual community that 
persists beyond the Thursday and the Sunday evenings, and and you are leading them, you're their point of contact in many ways, um, especially with regard to Wisconsin and so on. Um, yeah, exactly. And then there's, um, you know, then there's kind of the the leadership team of the Wisconsin uh, you know, group within Swing Left Greater Boston, with, you know, which obviously includes you and Steve and um, a few other people, you know, like people who um, might host phone banks or um, might be involved in some other capacity. Um, we also have a couple of interns who who have joined us recently. Um, one one college senior and one person who's taking a gap year uh, after yeah. high school. And so I've I've spent a decent amount of time kind of bringing them up to speed and uh, teaching them things and uh, uh, helping them launch uh, a youth phone bank that will be starting this upcoming week and uh, helping them. Uh, start uh, a weekly newsletter that we're hoping to send to our list of uh, I think like you know six or seven hundred people who uh, are in swing left database and have uh, expressed a specific interest in Wisconsin yeah yeah that's uh that sounds like a, a full-time job in and of itself right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a lot <laughs> yeah and and so just to be clear, like you know, you're you're a volunteer for this. Like Swing Left isn't paying you, the Biden campaign isn't paying you, you know, the Wisconsin Democratic Party isn't paying you for any of this. Yeah, that's right. It's all volunteer. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and and uh, you are, um, you know, I, I see a lot of that. Like I, I'm also, I work a full time job. I'm not being paid for any of this. Um, and so I, I, you know, I think uh, for for us, it's this. You know, you're an everyday person, uh, also at the same time an extraordinary person. Um, wh- why why are you doing this? Why are you doing pretty much a second job without being paid for it at all? <laughs> uh, well, I uh, you know I guess I just uh, I guess I just you know. Um, I feel like it's a way that I can help make the world a better place, um, you know, for myself to be sure, but but also for almost even more so for people who are, you know, in, in more vulnerable positions in society than I am. It, I think that's really what, what motivates me. That uh, going back to that moment of what do we do now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So do you feel like, what you're doing now is what what you want to be doing uh, for this election. You know, answering that question of so, what do you do now? Uh, well, that's a really interesting question because you know, um, this spring I was you know there were a number of different kind of ways that I could have gotten involved uh, in political activism for this election, and and I was. Uh, I was trying to decide which direction I wanted to go. Um, you know, one one option that that really appealed to me that I didn't end up doing was to get involved with the Justice Democrats, who um, you know, try to uh, elect uh, progressive um, members to to U.S. Congress, um, to, you know, basically kind of try to 
push the, the Democratic Party to the left. Um, so, you know, they helped uh, elect Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and um, in this cycle, they helped elect Jamal Bowman and uh, Cori Bush. And, uh, you know, I would have loved to, to get involved with them. Uh, yeah, there were a few other possibilities I was considering too, but uh, um, I guess Susan ended up uh, asking me for help and I, uh, you know, I, I felt like I could say yes. Um, so. Yeah, it's a, a large part of the reason I ended up doing, uh, being an organizer for Wisconsin within Swing Left Greater Boston was, was just because I was asked at the right time. Um, mm -hmm. But I'd also say that, uh, I, you know, I do feel a strong connection with my home state. Most of my family is still there. A lot of friends who, uh, who are still there. And, and there's certainly a possibility that uh, my wife and I will move back there at some point. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, it, it does, uh, it's like, especially meaningful for me to, to help be involved in the effort for Wisconsin specifically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, that's interesting, right? Like, uh, sometimes it's just being asked at the right time <laughs> that, yeah. that, and then you find yourself, it's, it's, um, in some ways, like that's how the stories kind of go right of uh it's it's, it's not like uh back in 2016 you know you answer that question of what do i do now you know what four years from now i'm going to be doing phone banks into wisconsin you know and that's how i'm going to move the needle in this election <laughs> yeah you know uh no it's much more dynamic and organic than that um steve and i were talking about uh gramsci and this idea of uh optimism of the will and pessimism of the intellect and how um, you know, it's those those little micro decisions that then end up becoming uh, a major part of your life. Uh, but in that moment, you have to have optimism of the will of like, okay, I'm going to do something. Susan asked me to to lead up Wisconsin. Okay, great, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, and you have to kind of have that optimism of of, of going through with that. Um, what's your take on that in terms of? If um, do you ever wonder, like, is phone banking really the right way to use your time right now? Especially like, as you're managing some volunteers, maybe a bit more difficult to manage than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely true that some volunteers, uh, you know, require a little more uh, attention. Um, uh, no, I. I feel good about the way I'm getting involved. I know that during the pandemic, when uh, when when in-person canvassing isn't isn't safe, um, the, the phone banking is really one of the, the most effective things that uh, that I can be doing to to help influence the election. And uh, you know, one of the I guess things I, I took away from the 2016 election is that I can't sit back and assume that that other people are going to be doing the work that's needed on my behalf. Um, I mean, yes, the, you know, the the Biden campaign has full-time staff people, and so did the Clinton campaign. But um, you know, it it takes everyone doing as much as they can to to get the outcomes that we want. <laughs> that lights a fire under me too. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> I think in 2016, I was in a similar place of like, just assuming like, well, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not paid to do this. You know? <laughs> That's what they have campaigns for. Ah, you know, right. somebody really ought to be knocking on doors, you know, <laughs> <laughs> why not me? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? And I had done some, some canvassing for, for Obama back in 2012. I'd done some phone banking back in 2012. That's like my first little exposure to phone banking. But I know, you know, it was like, it was something I did kind of just um, um, dabbled in it. You know, I, I saw it as like, oh, there are like these professional organizers uh, that are paid by these campaigns to organize people and get them to go canvas. And, um, you know, and so I did a little bit of phone banking with students in academia, but not really anything more than that. It was really the 2016 election with Indivisible that kind of just not turned it up a notch and it made me realize yeah, I can't sit back and assume that others are going to do it um, for me, um, that I need to get involved. Um, yeah. Um, what's it, um, I wanted to ask you, like, these volunteers that you've been building a connection with and and kind of paying it forward, if you will, based on the indivisible thing, uh, are there any stories that stand out for you? Any particular people that you've met, any volunteers that you've met that really, like, mean a lot to you like huh this this is this is also why i'm doing this huh there aren't any individual uh, stories or individual volunteers that are jumping out to me right off the bat but I, I will say that it's it's really um you know nourishing for me to to see the same people come back every week to make phone calls with with our group and uh uh, you know, I feel like I'm building a relationship with these people, and uh, I, I just really look forward to seeing them every week. Uh, and so that's that's part of what uh, you know, gives me joy in this work and keeps me going. Yeah, you know, we were talking about this briefly just before this of like in these in these pandemic times, this is um, this is a way to find that virtual community um, and just. You know, coming back week after week doing these phone banks, um, it's a way to build that community. Um, yeah. So let's get to uh, some. Uh, uh, here we are, six weeks out <laughs> from the election of our lifetimes, um, and this week especially has been hard. Um, you know. So, so what was it like for you when you found out, or when did you find out uh, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Uh, I found out pretty quickly because uh, on Friday night, my wife Rachel and I were uh, having a dinner video call with her parents, and uh, her mom you know, got some sort of news alert on her phone and let us all know. Um, and uh, it was it was really disorienting. Um, I, you know, obviously, we all knew that. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was old and had had some health issues, but I uh, hadn't, I guess, you know, hadn't necessarily been expecting that, that she would pass away now. Um, yeah, it, it took me, um, you know, over a day to, uh, to to really kind of recover from it. I mean, you were so nice to send me that text Saturday morning, but I just couldn't, like, it was too painful to 
to even think about it until until earlier today. So sorry for the delay in getting back to you. Yeah, I mean, I guess now that I've had a a day or two to reflect, I you know, it, it's basically something that was out of everyone's control. It's not what we would have wanted to happen, um, but uh, we just need to to keep doing the work and. Um, and hopefully it'll lead to, to good outcomes. And uh, you know, honestly, it's it's difficult to know where where this will all lead. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, we just have to to keep working and um, hope for the best. Yeah, no, no worries at all about, <laughs> about a text message. <laughs> I um yeah it it I went into kind of like a doom scrolling spiral um, <laughs> you know and uh it, yeah it was a gut punch and then some and it was just disgusting to to have to see pictures of Mitch McConnell uh in his gloating face you know right next to stories of about Ruth Bader Ginsburg I'm like oh my god we 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 can't even have the the space to honor this amazing woman um, and her accomplishments and mourn her passing. We, we can't even, we're not even given that space. Like any news article about her immediately has, you know, yeah. and the Republicans are about to fill her seat. And what's the politics going to be? Oh, the Dems are in disarray. Oh, Trump is going to win. Oh, and it's like, oh my God. First of all, just, can we just, can we just like, mourn her you know right um and then this like this this feeling of despair and hopelessness and futility um and and partly why i texted you that morning was i had read this article in the middle of my doom scrolling there was this article that i read in the washington post but the basic gist of the article was uh don't waste time trying to convince trump supporters um get out the vote <laughs> uh, and there was this paragraph in there that said don't take anything for granted. Don't assume that friends, coworkers, family members, neighbors who are like all uh, against Trump um, actually have made a plan to vote, actually are registered, actually have a ballot, um, you know, ask them. And if they don't know how, tell them how to do it. Uh, and it made this point that in, in COVID times, um, the traditional ways of doing that, you know, going in out in front of a grocery store and signing people up and canvassing door to door you can't do that so but but the virus can't stop phone banks the vi virus can't stop direct mailings it said get involved it's like oh whew, thank goodness for for ben and steve i'm involved in these phone banks you know and so that's when i immediately like texted you and steve you know to say hey thank you and and we we go um and uh it it made me a difference that's made for me this week um is that yesterday i spent a lot of time texting a bunch of my friends and my coworkers, some of whom may be listening because i've been <laughs> getting pushy <laughs> 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 you know? uh, because i for me the it's a way for me to not overthink it you know it's out of my control. I'm not Mitch McConnell. I'm not Chuck Schumer. I'm, I, you know, there's, I have no influence or say in any of the political machinations behind this. Um, but the, the thing I can do is 
get out the vote, you know, uh, these phone banks, that article convinced me like this is one of the most efficient uses of time that I can be investing in with, with my resources. Maybe for some other people, other things are more effective use of their mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. But as I, you know, nobody knows me, but I can help people make phone calls and and get people motivated to make these phone calls to help voters. And I can try to get a couple of my friends <laughs> motivated. And um, so, so what's that been like for you? How is the phone bank today for you? Uh, given to, that? Um, well, to, today's phone bank was uh, was great. It, it was uh, the, you know the biggest turnout we've had at at a phone bank I've hosted. Uh, there were a lot of regulars and also a lot of newcomers, and uh, and that was really nice to see. Uh, and people seem to have a very positive experience. Uh, so, uh, so I was happy about that too. I think the one thing we can do is keep working, get the vote out, mobilize. Um, so Ben, you know, here we are six weeks out. Um, you know, if my kids are listening to this uh, sometime in the future, or if somebody else is listening to this sometime in the future, what do you want them to know about um how do you feel in your stomach about the election six weeks six weeks out? I, I guess I feel apprehensive. Uh, you know, I think Biden has a good chance to win, but uh, it could definitely go the other way too. And uh, yeah, I guess I I haven't been thinking that far ahead for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, staying focused on the the near term and you know organizing you know the organizing work I have in front of me right now and um, yeah, just kind of con- constantly asking myself like you know what more can I be doing um, and uh, yeah, we'll get to election day and see what happens. Yeah, for you, like, yeah, forget you, Hari, in the long view. I've got the short view right now. <laughs> it's, like it's, yeah, it's this week, right? That's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I can't imagine, you know, uh, that's right. You've got a whole week of uh, work to do uh, in addition to your, your actual full-time work <laughs> to do. Um, well, uh, Ben, I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for all the organizing you're doing. Um, you know, you putting these phone banks together is what's helping me feel like I can plug in some of my time and and um, uh, you know do what I can along with the other volunteers who are showing up. So you are creating that space of community for for me and for so many others. Uh, so thank you so much for for all that. Uh, I know it's not paid. <laughs> so, you know, so for, for a full-time job, uh, all you get from me is just the thanks. <laughs> but, I appreciate uh, it. And th- thank you so much, Harry, for everything you do. I mean, you've really just, uh, you know, added so much to, to our team. And um, I think we've been able to engage a lot more people and give our volunteers a much more uh, positive phone banking experience thanks to 
um, to your leadership and the, the really great trainings you've been doing. Oh, shocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, onward we go, Ben, together. You know, it's, a, yeah. we'll make a, it's, it's, it's been a good team. It's been great to see these volunteers, some amazing stories coming out of these calls. And so in later, uh, in a later episode, maybe we can have like you, me and Steve can get together and share a little bit about some of our favorite stories that keep us going. Um, So stay tuned for that. That'd be great. All right. And so as I'm reflecting on Ben and some of the things that, that he shared, what stands out for me again is that sense of being asked. You know, Ben could have chosen any number of things to do, and chances are that if he had, it would have been just fine. Um, somebody else probably will be recording a podcast like this, interviewing Ben about the work that he's doing with those groups. Um, and But... He chose to get involved with Swing Left. That's how I got ended up getting into this. And we're just two people, Ben and I, everyday folks, trying to make a difference through this one way. Your option might be different. Um, you might choose to sign up with a voter registration group. You might choose to get involved with Sister District, a different group. Um, you might actually go straight to the actual uh, swing state's own Democratic Party uh, website and get involved directly with them that way. Whatever your options are, stop doom scrolling. Well, you know, who am I to judge on doom scrolling or not? While you're doom scrolling, also pull open a different tab and go to an event, sign up for uh, an info session, um, you know, sign up for a phone bank, um, you know, and use the doom scrolling as a way to spur you to that. What does it feel like for me? Six weeks out. Um, I feel energized. I feel motivated. I feel nervous. I feel very, very nervous about the election. I feel, I feel disgusted. I feel that the next six weeks are going to be really ugly. And beyond that, um, tensions are high. They're running even higher now with the Supreme Court seat in the balance. Um, and I, I feel sick to my stomach. Uh, that's how I feel. That's how my stomach feels right now. I just feel sick. And I feel inspired by people like Ben to to push, to keep going. But it just does not look good right now. So if you do get involved because of this, um, if this message has, has helped you, if me reaching out has helped you, if hearing Ben's story has helped you, drop me a line. You can find me at storycoach.io. You know, email me at hari at storycoach.io. That'll mean a lot to me, and that'll mean a lot to Ben. In the meantime, I hope you stay dangerous, get even more dangerous. I hope you stay human, and I hope you stay tuned. Thank you.